right, so um, folks, right now we have with us Erica and Michael from Pixar, and um, the, the directors and producer from um, their new short um, Spark film, Loop. And um, it's such an honor and privilege to have you joining us here at Sounds Like Autism. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we can't say enough about what Pixar has been up to lately, obviously. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff related to neurodiversity. Um, so it's just, it's, it's an honor to be emailing back and forth with people from such a magical place and, and, and be meeting Bobby Rubio and now you guys. Um, it's, it's really special. So thanks, yeah. thanks for coming on, especially for Josh, who I'm, Josh I'm was meaning to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the biggest Disney fan. I mean, my apartment is covered like Mickey Mouse up. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, man. That is brilliant. Well, it's really exciting to meet you guys. And I think, like, making a film, like, both Bobby's film and, or, you know, twin, sorry, twin. Actually, all three films, we're all in this Spark Shorts collection. We're all super excited to talk back to the audiences that we were hoping the film would speak to you know it's like this weird thing you hold it for a while the films were finished ours was finished like at least a year ago yeah that's right and then for a while you have to just pretend like you didn't make it because you're like I can't think about this all the time I have to do my job and then it goes out in the world and it's like <gasps> it's so great a fresh, to a fresh take on it. Hoping to have a conversation with so yeah. I really appreciate that because we really couldn't show it in advance because they wanted to hold it for the Disney plus launch yeah yeah. yeah, there was so much. There was so much. Um, there's just so much stuff on Disney Plus, and I'm like, how long have you guys been working on this stuff? It's amazing. It's incredible. Like, yeah, I I have to say before I ask the questions, I must say I've lost a lot of sleep because I'm up like all night watching Disney Plus. So um, you guys are partially blaming my sleep. I have to say, and and you know, we we help run a, a nonprofit that specializes in. in with the mission of employing uh, people with autism. And a lot of our neurodiverse employees and trainees all have gone through a total thing ever since Disney Plus came out because they're all Star Wars people, Disney people, Pixar people, even National Geographic people. So <laughs> we, it's just there and then they, you can dive in and roll around in it, right? For, and then you're like, I can't sleep. I can't, <laughs> I feel that, I understand that. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, so anyway, about about Loop, we both watched it the day it came out, and and yeah. we were both obviously really moved. And jo Josh has some questions for you. All right. Um. So the first one, I have like about seven questions. Um. The first one is, how did Loop come to be? And if you can tell our audience a, a bit about it from the creator's perspective. Okay. Cool. Um. Well, you know, when I was so. I'm Erica, I was the writer-director. So in the very beginning, when I was thinking, of, I found out I could do a Spark short and I was thinking about what I wanted to do. I was like, what kind of a world should I explore? You know, you sort of have this moment where you're like, well, we've done outer space, we've done inner space, we've done rats in kitchens. Like, it, you can really get lost in like the, oh, what should we do? And I had to, at some point, reframe my thinking and think, what could I do? What is a story that I could tell that probably not a lot of other people could tell? And what is a world that I've been a part of that maybe others haven't been a part of? And I had spent a lot of time in my 20s working with young people and adults with disabilities, a lot of neurodiverse communities from you know, all over the place. And so I had had that, that experience. And then more recently, I was um, 
<clears throat> sorry, working at a place called Nyad as a volunteer teaching acting for the screen. Wow. And while I was teaching this acting class, it was a very, it's a art center for adults with disabilities and like this amazing array of different people who are phenomenal visual artists. But they also are people who communicate in a million different ways, mm -hmm. many of whom don't communicate using words, right? Or if they do use words, um, sometimes they're difficult to understand if you're neurotypical and haven't spent a lot of time with them. So I just like thought about that experience a lot and how it was awkward, like super awkward at certain points. And there was a lot of moments where I was like, no idea what to do in this mm -hmm. moment. But it paid off really powerfully in that once I did figure out what to do, and a lot of times it was just like, chill out, pay attention, and listen, try to learn this other language, that I would then have these relationships that were so exciting and new and different than what I'd had before. And it always felt like a really powerful thing. So I started to think like, well, that seems like a good world to explore, the world between us. And then canoeing, um, I have to say, like, I just love canoeing. And I wanted to make a happy movie. So I, I was like, where the canoeing came in. Well, now we know. Yeah. It was literally, like, I love canoeing. I want to make something that's a happy story. My happiest moments are canoeing. So let's do that. <laughs> you know, but like to find, and then also you start to think about it and you're like, it's a really good way to trap two characters against each other and have them trying to get somewhere and not being able to. So it was, and then when Michael came on, he's like, canoeing. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> like, I, I told her I had a real connection to canoeing too. My dad had built a canoe. So we had a canoe that was hand built oh, wow. that we used and we had built it in our basement and couldn't get it out of our basement and had to knock out windows. So we had that connection. Yeah, and actually it's weird how, like with something like an animated film, it's like every layer of expertise that you can find among your colleagues pays yeah. off, right? Like we know like, canoe, we have a canoe guy, the, produ the producer's a canoe guy, right. Oh, sorry, say that one more time. Saying, like it was good that you had a, a canoe guy, you had yeah. Michael, totally. right. Totally, because it's weird canoe when canoe you're guy. building fake a fake world of characters who are like, what if you don't know what size an actual canoe is and what relationship the size of the body is? It's just it's like bizarre the things that can go awry in a digital world, you know, where you're like, oh, that canoe seems very big. <laughs> is it? <laughs> like, so, right. anyways, that was. Did that answer your origin story question? Yeah, for sure. And then Michael, yeah. and Michael. So, what was your experience with coming on to the to the? Uh, well, I I was attracted to work on a short because I had been working on a long string of features, and features are long, they're arduous, they're, you know, huge crews, and, and so the opportunity when I was between assignments to work on a short, more intimate project, I had admired. Erica's work as a documentary filmmaker, loved the short she had done, So Much Yellow, and we were so interested to see what she would do with animation that, uh, you know, I jumped at the opportunity and, you know, the same for the crew. It's, you know, we make these on a minuscule budget compared to what we're used to in features, so we have to be really nimble and be willing to make compromises. And so the people who work on them, they really are on them because they really want to work on them. You know, it's not like you get assigned to your next assignment. They really have to seek out the opportunity and they're there because they want to be. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, you can, and you can tell in both Bobby's film and yours, you can it's, tell that- It's a labor of love and passion. Yeah. Right there. It, it's, it's so obvious. It. I feel it. Thank you. That's it, so great. I, I love it that it comes, shoots through the screen because it definitely felt 
that way as we were making it. I mean, it's been a, and I'm sure you're getting this kind of feedback, but with both films, it's been a really um, emotional experience for so many people to watch mm -hmm. these. And, and it was so unexpected for such a kind of a, you know, we're in the inclusion business. That's what we talk about all the time. But for yeah. a massive corporation, one that Josh happens to be somewhat obsessed with, um, someone you know, totally obsessed with it. Yeah, but 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 when 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 someone when a when a massive entity like Disney embraces neurodiversity not only once but twice in, in a couple weeks time, I mean, uh, you know, at least publicly, I know behind the scenes it probably looked way different than that. But um, I mean, it's it's been really really special. So we really appreciate yeah. um, a, you know both your work on the film and the whole crew. Yeah, as, as an actually autistic person, seriously, thank you both. That this is really amazing. <laughs> um, right. for a moment, can I actually talk about that for just a moment? Mm -hmm. Because I think what I find really interesting is that um, Bobby and I didn't know about each other's films. Like really? when we came up with the ideas, we came up with them totally separately. And I think we were both looking for the best stories to tell, and that we had the most access to, and that could have the most power in the medium. And so I really love, I, I love that it broke down these doors of inclusion and neuro neurodiversity, but I also think it's really important for everyone to understand that like, these were the best, this was the most exciting story I had in my head. I was like, wow, I have never seen this on screen. I think that Pixar as a studio will be challenged and will be creatively engaged in a new way by mm -hmm. telling this kind of a story and that you know, that's, that's that funny thing about like inclusion. Sometimes people look at it as a like moral imperative or a moral, like if you do it, it's, you're a better person. But I, which, yes. But also if you do it, you're gonna have a better process because you're gonna learn about each other. You're gonna learn about your craft in a way that you would never do if you, like the animators, we, when our animators would open up a shot, one of the things I loved is they said to us, I, one of our most senior animators, Mike Makarovich, said, I opened up a shot and I would look at a shot in loop and I'd be like, I don't know what to do. And that is an experience I haven't had for like 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I felt it. You know, like this idea that it's like, I'm not sure how Renee would react to this moment. I yeah. have to do some soul searching. I have to do some research. I have to do some questioning to get there. And then, you know, they found these beautiful, beautiful language that you know Renee's gestural language her vocal language mm -hmm. it's just like I think that's really cool and I think it is it's something that all artists should remember and all anybody should remember that like inclusion makes us it challenges us in a great way and makes us make our processes better it, it's also just accurate like so one in 59 Americans has autism add their parents their neighbors their loved ones their friends their teachers you know this is part of the American fabric yeah or the international fabric and so when you it's like i think it's the most groundbreaking and crazy thing that you had two spark shorts in a row that that were that focus on autism but really that's not that that that's just accurate you know and then so it's it's just um it's a it's a it's about time and it's and it's great because if disney's doing it then, then everyone's gonna start right and this is kind of like the leader in the industry so you know once the leader does something um, folks will follow suit. So yeah, this is really, really good. It's <laughs> great. It's a big deal. Yeah. All right. Um, I knocked you off your questions. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, why do you personally believe a society deems Loop as such an important film? 
because like it's it's going as we get rest of the um, like doctors and community on I'm gonna talk to you about it. So this thing is how come you think it's become like that? You know, it's funny because I feel like it's an okay if I yeah, start. Yeah. Um I'm so grateful that I joined Twitter, like and <laughs> like have been able to like talk back to the autism or you know, actually autistic people there because I don't think I really fully understood what it meant to be seen in the way that our movie attempted to and hopefully successfully um, did see people. And uh, I think that that's, you know, that it's a, it's a small slice of life story, but I think the power of like putting great artists and great talent on telling a small story, you get a real deep sense of intimacy. And I guess, like, I think maybe that's why people are reacting to it so positively and so powerfully, because it's not like, not like about going to the moon. It's about like a tiny canoe trip between two kids. But the idea that it was able to capture something that's so true and profound about someone's experience on both sides, right? The neurotypical side as well. Like there's a lot of us who've been lost or fearful or unsure as to what to do. And to have that like beautiful, I like, I mean, the animators take on Marcus and the voice actor on Marcus, like there was just a real attempt to create something very true and honest mm -hmm. in this animated form, right? Which is an interesting little contrast of feeling something so real in a thing that is absolutely unreal, right? <laughs> like there's nothing, none of these things really exist on the planet, right? They are digital mirages, but they have a truth to them that's really powerful. Wait, the, actors were, the actors weren't real? <laughs> well, the actors were, I'm sorry. The actors, <laughs> the Renee are not real people, right? Like they're, right. Yeah. Oh, you're like, you're like, Erica, I know that. No. <laughs> I was just going to say, you probably know this, but the voice actress uh, who played Renee was autistic. So um, we, we had a tough time uh, fighting that fight to have our actress be autistic because of the challenges of working with someone that, right. you know, not being able to give direction in the way you're used to giving direction. And uh, Erica really stuck to her guns and said, I, this is the only way I'll make my film. And uh, that was a, a real battle for a period of time. But um, as you could see, she made the, the right decision and fought the good battle. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, yeah. And it pays off. That, it's important. I mean, well, the right thing to do usually isn't easy, right? Yeah. And, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we, we deal with this in the employment world all the time. Because, again, mm -hmm. we work for a company that employs people with autism and people who are nonverbal and people who have, um, you know, certain behaviors that are challenging in a workplace. Um, and yeah. we're able to set people up for success in a way that, um, you know, that's, that's a way that their families and they may have never, never expected. And it's just because we keep trying, you know, and, and, and figure it out. And that it, it's so important it's to, all about to do not this giving work. up. That's it. I mean, as soon as you give up, that's when the opportunities like completely end. Uh, soon, but uh, if you're not giving up, there's always a percentage of chance for success. Yeah, and and just uh, innovative thinking and yeah. and just um, figuring it out. That's all. That's really Very cool. That's so cool. Like, you would really have you seen the making of for Luke? No, no I did see that. There is one. It's on YouTube, and then it's also if you watch Luke, I think it's under extras, maybe like underneath it. But I think it's. It might be interesting for you guys because uh, working with Madison was like, I think I, you know, I came up as a job coach in, and I really, I have always thought like accommodation is a beautiful 
task, like mm -hmm. figuring out how to get the talent in front of you into the job that you didn't know you needed to adapt is like, I love that you guys do that. It makes me really excited. And, um, and working with actors and working with people who, who are neurodiverse and have different communication strategies, it was just really fun to adapt the process of voice acting for her. And just to say like, okay, well, what are the things that we can direct very directly? You know, like singing the ringtone was something that we, you know, needed her to sing the ringtone in a variety of different ways. And she totally went there and was completely able to do that, right? Yeah. And you might not know that she would be able to do that when you first meet Madison. You know, it's mm -hmm. like she has a different way of communicating. And it's, and again, it's just like being on the boat, being Marcus. You're like, I don't know what I will be able to connect. I don't know how to make this connection. Right. But in work, it is so fun because you can really make a lot of adapt adaptations to the job that just make it like, yeah, that was not that hard. You know. A lot of the time, those adaptations become things that, that other people use as well, by the way. Like, you know, these accommodations, these things that were once accommodations. This is actually in our, in our TEDx said, talk. Yeah, but, I was going to say that we said in our Yeah, TEDx. yeah. So I explained this thing about curb cuts, the curb cut effect. So curb cuts didn't start until the 70s for people with wheelchairs. Now who uses them? People in with strollers, delivery people, drunk people, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I, I, we all use curb cuts. And I can't really imagine New York City working anymore without curb cuts. Right. So, and it used to be like this massive accommodation that was going to be so expensive. And now it's just like, I need those curb cuts, man. Yeah, my yeah. bike. <laughs> when, when we were recording Madison, uh, we didn't record just the audio, but we videotaped her just like we do our, all of our actors. And mm -hmm. we use that as inspiration for the animators that they observe and that. And that was extremely useful footage to inspire the animators to, you know, understand the verbal and the, the, the body ticks. Um, mm -hmm. So that was really interesting so cool. how they studied that video. Yeah, yeah. I know what I'm watching tonight. This is, that's really cool. They have yeah, I'm not watching it. I'm not trying to sell it. I just think it's a fun, it, it's particularly in your job, like I think you'll like it. <laughs> that's sure. that, that so cool. <laughs> All right, so, um, okay, so um, what kind of change do you personally hope Loop will bring to the world? No. Yeah. What about you, Michael? Changes. Um, well, I I hope it takes away the stigma for people to acknowledge that their child is autistic and have that be accepted and okay to talk about and put that out there. Because I have a you know more than a couple friends who have autistic kids and they really are reluctant to acknowledge that there is any thing there um, and talk about it. And sometimes it can create great friction between the husband and wife where one wants to be really open about it and the other is like, what are you talking about? There's, there's nothing here to talk about. So I, I hope it takes away that stigma and makes it easier for parents to acknowledge that and make it be okay and not, not a big deal. Yeah, there's a lot of people, um, I don't know those people, but there's a lot of people, for example, in remote areas that don't know any of people with autism and don't have that, you know, so just for, for people in the media to have autism is, does so many things, not just for the people with yeah. autism, but for their families that are in denial or for people who don't know what autism even is and then say, oh my goodness, I might have autism. This makes sense to me, you know? So it's not just about making sure people are included. It's about exposure and, and you know, hundred percent. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. What about I you? Was, I wasn't even thinking that, so that's pretty cool. Well, you can't think of everything. You think, he thinks of a lot of stuff, but he cannot, I tell him all the time, he can't think of everything. 
Whatever. I can try. <laughs> I can try. <laughs> what about you, Erica? Well, it's funny when I was researching for you know very in the beginning, I was like, okay, well, it's going to be about autism. I need to like learn a lot about that. And so I went on the internet and just started listening to people on YouTube talking about actually autistic people talking about their experience because I wanted to learn. It was all about point of view. So I didn't really want to learn it from some therapist or somebody's academic study. I was like, I want to learn it from autistic people and hear their voice and figure out that. So I have to say one of the profound things for me was like how um, friendship felt challenging to achieve sometimes, like crossing that neurotypical autistic divide can sometimes feel um, like a hard one for everybody from like autistic people and neurotypical people. And like how, how much uh, sadness and sorrow there was around that, like that finding really good, great friendships and feeling like you were loved and supported, not just by your family, but mm. by the community around you and friends, just friends. Like, so I wanna, I really hope that loop is something that people take with them and they think like, oh, there's, there's a way for me to be friends with this person and I just have to find it. And that for autistic people that they have the faith like, there's a way for me to make a connection and trust this person. I just have to find it. Like, I feel like we both could, you know, from both sides of the NT to actually autistic spectrum, we can say like, oh yeah, hopefully we can find each other a little better if we just look at different strategies to do so. Um, so it's really weird. Like, I really hope that just more people become friends because they see a path towards that and they see a value in each other's experience um, that they maybe had been overlooking or had not known they had the tools to get there before. Um, so that's like really my hope. And then also that somebody will make gifts of the different um, stimming that Renee does because I love, I was like, a lot of times I would like just be looking on the internet. I'm like, are there any like stimming gifts or anything? Cause the stimming is so beautiful and expressive and interesting. And like also, you know, happy, you know, happy flapping and there's just so many things in the autistic community that I learned about and I was like there's not enough like visual representation of that on the internet like to, that celebrates it that says like look this is awesome this is when somebody is talking to you and you should be bringing that into your identity so that's mm -hmm. it more friends more gifts <laughs> I, love that. I love gifts and we agree that it's pronounced gif oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the true. It is. Know, that's that's those, those are the real issues that we need that we yeah. want to talk about on this show. Exactly. <laughs> and he's a gift intensive guy, and I'll bet you can, I'll bet you can guess what kind of gifts he's sending me all the time. Mouth <laughs> <laughs> being like, oh boy, Disney oh. <laughs> gifts. Uh, oh boy, oh. Yeah, that's him. Oh, you're good at this. All right, so um, one. When I first saw Loop, one thing I was really, really impressed by, like, the accuracies. Because, again, since we work with a lot of folks who are also on the spectrum, um, I see a lot of us on Loop, like, but, like, every day. I was going to ask, like, the research you did, but then you kind of... Um, oh, but actually... Sorry? That was the pre-research before I even wrote the script, was just to know emotionally the experience. I have to say, once I wrote the script, the minute I wrote the script, he was, uh, I was like, we have to get some autistic people who are our consultants who can like 
engage with this secret story, right? So mm. we went after, first of all, we went after my, uh, my friend, Adriana Citron, who is autistic and um, I've known since she was born. So she was 19 years old and I was like, Adriana, will you come in? And she, we read the script together as like a table read. And she just talked about her experiences, how they related to the script, like what we were getting right, what we might not be getting right. And then just honestly, like I hadn't written the, the whole like sort of meltdown shutdown section at that time. So I was like, will you talk to me about what that feels like? And it was really, that was a great conversation because I knew her mom, I had talked to her mom about what it felt like to be the mother in those situations, right? I'm not a mom, but she's my friend. But to talk to Amy about <clears throat> what it felt like for her was so different. And I think this is really important. It's like one of those things about like talking to actually autistic people, like to understand the inner life of this experience that looks really unusual from the outside, right? And like, so a parent is having one experience, but the inner life of an autistic person having that experience was so deep. And she helped me so much there, so much. Like actually to understand that from meltdown to shutdown, like that this idea that at some point she just needed to stop, that it wasn't about like being expressive. It was about calming herself down and finding a way to be quiet and to be cared about. And she said one of her most powerful things is when, her mom sits with her and no one touches her, but someone is just next to her. She's like, that is the most healing thing in the world. It's like, I don't want to be alone, but I also don't want to be, you know, I can't take any input. And so that was a really huge thing in the script. We kind of adapted that and said, okay, well, let's find a way for Marcus to do this. I think we have to end our interview really fast. But I just want to tell you, and then we went out to the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network and they helped us by being amazing, just amazing uh, consultants. They taught us about autism and we, they helped us to teach our crew about autism and then they reviewed the cut sequence like at the story stage the early stage they reviewed the film and then they reviewed it again at the near the end of animation and they gave us notes and were able to like help us adapt the film to make it more accurate so i'm glad i think that's why you feel that so much is because there are so many people who are so generous with their insight their knowledge and their experience and like, and we're good listeners, right? <laughs> like, I, did, so. I did see that in the credits that Assam was in the credits, and I was like, oh, no wonder. Yeah, that's you know, yeah. it's an organization um, that's one hundred percent. Can I tell you one little Easter egg? If you look through those credits, if you look through the special things, there's a ton of like nonverbal, neurodiverse. There's all the artists I work with who've helped me find the way to tell this story. They're in that special thing. So there's a lot of really cool like little folks to research in there. Right. Just makes okay. it so now we have to wrap it up. That makes it so much more incredible. Um, all right, and the, the last, last quick question. What do you both take away from creating Loop? Um, starting with, uh, I don't know, four more person. Take away from it. Um, just a, a more openness to really um, make the effort and to, to spend the time and to be patient to get to know people who I know are autistic that I always thought it seemed a little impenetrable and now I have a much deeper understanding that it's it's not so impenetrable and it just takes time and a sensitivity and uh, really makes me want to reach out and, and make that connection and uh, it, it gave me some real insights in how to do that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I'm, I take away this like wonderful uh, new relationship with the autistic community, like I'm so grateful to have all these voices to talk back with and I feel like I'm gonna continue to learn about 
what it means to be autistic in the world and how to tell stories with or uh, you know more with tell more stories with more interesting people who are from all ranges of the neurodiverse spectrum. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's wonderful. It's been an absolute pleasure having you both on. Yeah, thank you. And then just yeah. let us know when our spark short about uh, the biographical <laughs> spark short about. I love it. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Woohoo! We really right. appreciate it. This was really special. Yeah, this was beyond yeah. awesome. Thank you guys so much. And we'd love to. We're we're gonna send uh we're gonna send your PR dude some swag in the mail for you guys. Okay. Awesome. Great. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. All right. Hi. Yeah, that that was really cool. I mean, look, like like this is the second time we've interviewed with Pixar. We, I can't believe Erica Molson and Michael Lark were they're really cool, really fun, awesome people. I still can't believe like we, we're so lucky to get to talk to people like that. That's really cool. Yeah, this has been quite a ride as we approach the one year anniversary. And speaking of one year anniversary, a uh, couple things. Yeah. Uh, the magic. Blanket February 3rd is when we announced the winners, so you saw content during the Magic Blanket Giveaway. Magic Weighted Blanket Giveaway. Magic Weighted Blanket Giveaway, yeah. That's right, and um, just go to our Instagram and repost the picture, just follow the instructions on the post, and uh, you too can win a Magic Weighted Blanket. It's and the best, we they, use them all the time. They are so good, yeah, I use them a lot. And also, by the time you're hearing this, most likely, I'm only saying most likely because, you know, like, who knows in this world, um, the first ever Sounds Like Autism hats will be for sale. And yeah. these are really cool because I started out when, um, in the Spectrum Designs as a hat maker doing embroidery with hats, and now they're Sounds Like Autism hats, so that's really, Very really full, cool. surf, full circle. circle for yeah, a very sentimental guy, right? Yeah, like the Lion King effect <coughs> going on here. So Speaking of, I watched The Lion King on Disney+, Plus, um, and my daughter's obsessed, and now I've seen The Lion King 1.5 and, and The Lion King 2, both there are stronger Disney films. I know... Lion Kings are awesome. All of them? Yeah. Okay, anyway. Uh, a couple more things before we get home to the to the wife and kids and whoever Josh goes home to. Uh, we, <laughs> we have Buffalo Wild Wings or something. You know, I'm going to talk about tonight. All right, yeah. All right, cool. Um, so, ND Renegade hit us up, and they were really pleased with uh, the outreach about their SLA 15% discount, and they wanted to do something really special for everyone. They're upping it to SLA 20, 20% off any ND Renegade merch. Wowza. Yeah, and this stuff is worth it. I would have bought it. Bought it? I would have bought it if I wasn't You made up it. a new word today. Yeah. Um, Tonight. So, that's that. Anything else? I'm excited. Well, I'm hungry. I'll go to Taco Bell. So, yeah, let's wrap this thing up like a burrito and, you know. Oh, but, yeah, that's a good one. Right? That, was a, that was a cheesy joke, Josh. Well, yeah, I'm going to get cheese cheesy. on the burrito, too. We so. need to talk about that joke. Oh, my God. That's oh, incredible. So, it's that's incredible so, yeah. is what it is. It's incredible. You're welcome for that. Corny. Yeah. Is, corny. Yeah. I, that was another one, wasn't corny. it? There are corn taco corn. chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you right, go. Taco Bell, if you're listening to this, please sponsor us. We'll do way more of these for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been trying to work around puns for like gordita, but we can't. Oh we gosh. can't think of anything. All right. Um, thank you guys so much, and yeah. we'll see you in a couple weeks. Right. Bye bye, pal.